When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back here to Inside the Vault, episode number 12. My host name is Ryan Smith, your host. This podcast brought to you by the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at kppounding underscore FSSN. And this podcast also powered by the Fans First Sports Network on Twitter at Fans First SM. And you can rate and subscribe to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash tobacco radio well here on inside the vault we try to give you the best guest that can take us inside the vault inside the mind of uh panthers nation um and what we see and are hearing around the team and my guest today is the host of the two growls one roar podcast follow him on twitter at two growls one roar thrilled to have him on he is carolina dad welcome how are you Hey, doing well, Ryan. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yes, it's so good to have you on. Um, it's uh, early in the Panthers 2023 season, but uh, you would think the sky is falling based on uh, some people's reactions. We'll get into that. Um, yes. Let's just start with the, the Monday Night Football game against the Saints. Uh, unfortunately, the Panthers did drop that contest 20-17, to 17, uh, 0-2 record overall, and then also in the division. Just thoughts and takeaways from the game first off. Yeah, it, it, it was tough. Tough because we were in most of the game. You go and you look back and it's three to three into the first quarter, six to three going into halftime. Then you come out and it, it, it kind of gets away from us. But at the same time, there's an opportunity, you know, for Bryce to, to go on that long drive. At the very end, we end up, you know, settling for a field goal. There was like a I think it was like 13 to six and we settle and I'm like, Oh man, are we, can we at least, you know, push this thing out? Of course we get the late touchdown drive and you know, it, it was frustrating. I, I kind of said it on my reaction this week when I recorded that I don't know who's to blame, but I think part of it, you know, is me being a podcaster that's, you know, promoting the Panthers. I'll take part of the blame for bringing up a lot of hype heading into this year you know, there's a part of this where you got to be a little more realistic and I'm always going to be on the sunny side as my father-in-law likes to say. And that's what I've been. I've been on the sunny side. I've heard people talk about deficiencies in the wide receiver room. I think we kind of saw that come to light a little bit more with just not being able to get the separation. When you kind of break down this season, it's two games in our defense has looked like a top 10 defense. Our offense is like trying to find an identity and That's a good I don't know. Wh- yeah. And I don't know. I don't know where to go. I will say, yes, you're down. You're Owen two, and you've dropped two games into the, in the division. It's tough to be in that position, but Darren Gant writer for the Panther, you know, for the Panthers put out a really good tweet earlier this week. That's like this, the sky is not falling. This is not must win yet. Like there's, it's a very long season. 
Frank Wright has typically started slow. And so it's tough. I mean, I think because it's Monday night football in, in the Carolinas at, at Bank of America, we haven't had that in like five years or since 2018. Yeah. It's Bryce Young's home debut. And so you wanted it to just to go in our favor. I mean, who doesn't? And unfortunately, it just just kind of fell short, but defense looked great. Offense trying to figure it out. And I know we'll probably get into it, but I think we're going to probably see somebody else out there on Sunday, which is going to be going to be different. It, it will be. Uh, and so I would say um, leading into that uh, next question. Yeah, I mean, I would say the most positive thing that we to take away from this game heading into Seattle uh, was the defense looking like a top 10, top five at times, even with yeah. Shaq going down. Um, you know, I thought personally, um, Dante Jackson and CJ Henderson held their own uh, against they Chris did. Olave, against Michael Thomas. Uh, that Olave catch, you know, some people argued pass interference, but yep. it was a great catch at the end of the day, and uh, CJ Henderson played that well. Um, and yet, the defense held their own, and, and I think again, as we've as we've noticed, and we'll get into this, the offense was just on the field too long, or sorry, the defense rather was on the field way too long, and the offense yep. could not sustain that those drives and, and have that identity. So, um, let's go into kind of some transactions before we get into the Seattle game. Um, as we know, Shaq Thompson on IR. Um, alongside J.C. Horn, alongside J- Brady Christensen. Uh, we know yeah. we're going to see Horn back. We just don't know when. Um, thoughts on this early injury bug? I mean, and now, you know, we we, we now know as of today, Bryce Young uh, did not practice in the walkthrough yesterday, practiced today as right. well. Uh, and now it looks like Andy Dalton may start on Sunday. They're not fully saying he is ruled out. He it just yeah. said is expected to start is the burbage we're getting. So I'm going to take that as Andy Dalton is starting. So my question to you is what are your thoughts on the injury bug early? And can they, uh, this young team with who's very top heavy as Mike K from the Charlotte Observer likes to say, uh, how can they, can they overcome that? Yeah, it's a great question. And you see it every year. You really do. And kind of just talking like Panthers fandom last year was the first year that I truly like got into the weeds with the team. Before that, I was kind of the casual fan that I couldn't even I could tell you our starters, but like when you're you're talking about like game day rosters and who's in and who's out, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. And so last year I kind of towards the end started following that. And then you see, even last year with a healthy year, how many guys are out like week to week. But just, you know, the significance of the injuries that we've had so far, it, it's it stinks like no other way to put it, you know, JC Horn continues. I know there's probably part of the fan base that want that just wants him out. I, I still have hope in him, hope that he can get back. And they're just freak plays for him specifically. You look at the Shaq play and like it's just the way he got rolled up. I don't, I mean, you you hate it. It really is that next man up mentality. And to your point, from like the transaction standpoint. It's crazy, and I'm sure you're you're out there looking at you know either what's being tweeted or what the Panthers are posting, but just the day to day activity through the practice squad, and you know they're bringing up Deion Jones, they're yep. uh, signing this this guy off the street, they bring in Tariq Cohen, and it's like every week, and I I don't know because like I said I was never that involved, but it, it just seeing that you know Reich. Frank Wright likes to say it's a 69-man roster when you throw in the practice squad and that there's a good chance these all 69 players are going to see the field at some point. Yep. Now, I do think that's the case. And 
I do think when you're you're looking at the injuries, I feel like the offensive line, you know, it's really if we think about the the right guard position because you know Zavala got moved over to left guard. The Cade Mays, Throckmorton, Nash Jensen, I am a little concerned on that side, but Austin Corbett's coming back pretty soon. So I think that'll kind of help stabilize that on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, you really think about Shaq being out. And this was asked, I think today, Shaq is the leader of the defense, you know, the, the one getting the plays in, getting people aligned. So who's going to take that role? I heard them say they don't know yet. And so that's one of the things when you think about the, the injuries, he's the quarterback of the defense. So is that a Frankie Luvu? I, I know from a like player personnel perspective, they've been were like, hey, we may need one, two, three guys. Uh yeah. coach um each like maybe three guys to fill in Shaq's role. You know, that's what he brings. So I know those are the big things. And yeah, Bryce Young, I, I just want him to be healthy. Like, you know, this is not we're winning a we knew we weren't winning the Super Bowl this year. This is I like would, a most fans, I would say, do that. Yeah, maybe right. one percent or so. Yeah, so it's like I think let him rest. There's a reason Andy Dalton was brought in and in the off season. He knew his role, and we knew if there was an injury, whoever we drafted, that like that's why he's here. He knows that's why he's here. Like he knows yeah. that. He even said it today. Like I'm not here to take Bryce's job. I'm here to help the team. And he kept emphasizing he's here to to win and help the team win. So I am confident in what we're going to see from Andy Dalton, because I did get to go down to training camp. And I agree with him when he said that he could start um, on another team. Like he's one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the league. And I agree that there's probably three or four teams that could use him. So it gives me, you know, some, a little bit of happiness, at least or, uh, potential upside heading into this that we're going into this as an underdog people are going to be sleeping on us and it's a good opportunity to you know take advantage of a Seattle's defense that's just been kind of terrible the last or the first two weeks of the year yeah yeah and and and, and we also um having said that with Dalton we did sign Jake Luton to the practice squad as well just we that's right quarterback in there um and Really, if you look really quickly before moving on to the uh, Seattle game, yeah, I mean, Camus Grugier Hill, I can never say his name correctly, uh, played so well. Uh, and you mentioned yes. Deion Jones coming up to the active roster, but I think he's going to have a great presence, um, Mr. Camus. And then uh, Jeremy Chen playing only 35% of the snaps, that was eye popping to me. Um, we're, I'm hoping with. Uh, with uh, Shaq uh, going down, there's going to be some more opportunities for Jeremy Chin to kind of get in there, uh, especially on run plays specifically, because um, I know he's not the best in coverage. I, I know that's been well yep. documented. Um, and so we'll see kind of where that kind of goes and how they use Chin this week. Um, but like you said, go, going into the Seattle game specifically, there is a lot um, to be uh, proud of and um, – an underdog role. Like you said, we did beat this team last year in Seattle with Deontay Foreman, who unfortunately is no longer here, but you're yeah. hearing this, Mr. Foreman, uh, tell the bears you'd like to come back to Carolina. You didn't play in that anyway, uh, right. scratch, but, um, anyway, uh, heavy dose of Deontay Foreman, uh, and, uh, Sam Darnold, uh, taking your third down, uh, man, man game manager role. And, and they won. That was the yep. game plan last year in Seattle. So I'm hoping uh, that's something they're going to commit to the run um, in Seattle on Sunday. So with that being said, 
what is kind of your thoughts going into the Seattle game? Um, the tight end room we also thought was going to be used a lot more. It seems like that hasn't been used as much either. Uh, Hayden Hurst got a touchdown in the Falcons game. Where was he yep. in game two? So uh, so preview on the Seattle game. What are your thoughts um, going into that one? Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I just recorded my preview for this game like right before this. And one of the things I talked about was we've got to get Hayden Hurst involved. Yep. To your point, I don't know where he went last game. I do think getting Chuba Hubbard a few more carries because yeah. Yeah. I I like Miles Sanders and I know he is an explosive back, or at least he was for Philadelphia. We just haven't seen it yet. And I, I just hope that it's like, oh, it's just it's that one play, that one cut, and yep. he's gonna take it. He's no Christian McCaffrey. Like <laughs> it's just it is what it is what it is. So I do think relying to your point, I think controlling the clock, not having turnovers, not that we've seen too many turnovers. I mean, you look at the one where Bryce fumbled last week, but overall he didn't throw an interception. So I think Andy Dalton coming in, potentially not having as much you know continuity with the receivers. I don't think it's an issue, but just something to think about. So I do think you got to you know figure out what you can do with the run game. I know they've, Frank Reich's kind of played around with, you know, LaVisca in the backfield, things like that. We saw Raheem Blackshear who who sat out, which listening today, it sounded like that might have been just because we had to bring up um, additional linebackers to kind of adjust with the roster. But one random thing, it's not really like a prediction, but one of the things I've noticed the last two games, and one we're in Atlanta and they they got noisy. We've had to spend a few timeouts on getting the play calls in, whether it's like we're about to have a delay a game. And so I don't know. Yeah. So I'm like, I know one Seattle is going to be noisy, but I'm like, my question that I just posed was like, I want to see what we look like this week because I'm like, is it Bryce Young? Is he truly overwhelmed? He can't get it in. He can't spit it out. Or is it the the coaching staff? Is it Reich and Brown? collaborating, trying to get the play in, and it's just taking that long. And I know memes and and things on Twitter aren't everything, but I did see a funny one where it compared how Frank Wright was calling the plays and he had, you know, his play play sheet like staring at it right in front of it versus like Sean McVay or these experienced coaches that have it here to shield. And it's more or less they know the playbook so well and I know it's a new offense, things like that, but that they're just sure. able to recite it. It's I funny. don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny you go into that, which I wasn't going to get into, but um, it seems like the Panthers have had this age-old problem, going back to the Rivera-Cam Newton days, uh, of just getting plays in on time and having to spend that oh. time out, especially in the second half in that critical third quarter or uh, early fourth quarter timeout. And um, we, we won't go down that rabbit hole. That's uh, um, more That's important right. to discuss. But – I would say that is something to bear watching as the season goes along. I would like to think with an offensive-minded coach and Frank Reich and then um, Bryce Young being that verbal processor that he is, I think that'll get ironed out as people get more comfortable with the playbook and, yeah. and uh, the chemistry gets down. Bryce is actually someone I am not concerned about at all, and I'm going to get into this right now. I might be in the minority here. Bryce is such a verbal processor, and he's quick and – um, he has such a um, people compare his brain to like Joe Burrow 
Peyton Manning just having the neck up uh, ability to really uh, process an elite level. Well, I don't think he's overwhelmed. We saw that last game. He had that nice juke move, 26-yard run um, in the fourth quarter. Now, yes, the Saints were in garbage time, but you still got to make those throws down the field. That one Domingo was a laser. Uh, The 26-yard game Domingo was quite something. But I really think it's a combination of two things. I think part of it, like you said, is the – is the playbook and kind of learning everything, getting the play in with the coaches, getting those familiarity with the um, with his receivers. But the other one is the play calling itself. I, yeah. I think Reich knows what he's doing. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is, uh, and I talked to Ricky over at Cat Cave. Um, he told me I could use this. Uh, he had a great article today specifically talking about uh, pre-snap motions and, and, and mm. really talking about, you know, teams like the Dolphins, teams like the Packers, teams like the Rams, a lot of quick full speed motions. Um, I won't seal everything on what his article says. I want you to go read it, read Ricky, yeah. Rick, Ricky at Cat Cave. But um, really, we've only, uh, he said the Panthers ran motion shift 47% of the snaps on offense, 23 out of 32 NFL teams is, is that ranking. And so, um, I think something like that can be implemented for Bryce Young to where he can make those quick decisions. Um, Tua Tagovailoa was a perfect example. Someone who, yes, he has fast receivers. We all know that. But the point mm-hmm. is, he gets the ball out fast. It could be he could have the slowest receiver or the fast receiver. It doesn't matter. He's getting the ball, and within three seconds, it's out of his hand. He knows where to go with the ball, and I think that's something that um, you know, it's been well documented. Our receivers. May not be able to separate as much. Um, that's been well documented. Where are the open routes? Where are the open people? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's holding uh, Bryce to hold onto the ball a little tick too long. Um, using something like a pre-snap motion can really help out your rookie quarterback and get the offense in a group. Yeah, I agree. That's that's really good to know. So when that that ranking, it's saying that we're near the bottom in terms of. Yes, I should say more. A lot of other teams are using motion way more than we are. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we'll see how we'll see what Reich in the offense like does. He's already admitted getting Lavishka Chenault more involved this week. Uh, you mentioned Chuba Hubbard, which I also thought was a great point. Uh, and then the tight ends, like we had mentioned. So we'll see kind of what happens in Seattle. I think the ball control, Andy Dalton um, converting those third downs and um, really keeping us um, in front of the sticks, I think is going to be a good game plan for the Panthers here. Um, really quickly, before we get into predictions, um, who are two of your players? We'll go stock up, stock down two games in. I know it's a long season. Um, give me two players in your mind who have been stock up and then two players who uh, stock down is kind of the best way I can say it, but uh, players you yeah. need to step up a little bit more as we keep going through. Oh man, that's a great question. Stock up. I don't really know if you could say his stock could go up, but I, Frankie Luvu for me, like, yeah, that's good I one. put him at the, at the top of the list. His, you know, just what we've seen from him, it's, crazy and i heard them talk about it today it was ejero being asked like have you seen a player like frankie luvu before just on the ball off the ball moving him around to almost like three positions and he's like no and he's like and i don't know that there's really anybody in the league that's like that so i'd say stock up for him and fans may get mad at this one but i'm gonna say cj henderson like i know 
I, I saw your love for him on, on Twitter today. That uh, yes. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, he has shown out quite well. Um, while the Panthers, yes, it's been well-documented last year. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. You yeah. know, it's a long season. I mean, the guy was drafted ninth overall from Jacksonville – or to Jacksonville out of the University of Florida mm-hmm. who produces cornerbacks. Um, he's got the talent. I think yep. he needs some coaching, which we're seeing that this young coaching staff is putting into him. Uh, D'Angelo Hall, um, one of the new coaching staff members for the Panthers, a nemesis in, in our thorn with uh, Washington over the years. But um, the guy was a great corner. He knows yep. what the cornerback position looks like. So I think you're seeing the byproduct of that so far with Henderson uh, thus far. Who, who's your other guy? Uh, you mentioned C.J. Henderson. Um, stock down now. A stock down Miles Sanders. And I'm not, you know, if you have to say a guy's stock down, I think it's only because you look at the production that he had with the Eagles. I thought we were getting someone similar to McCaffrey, and maybe we are. But two games in, he's had some nice runs, but he just hasn't shown it for me. And it and it may not even be him. It could be the play calling that they're not getting him in the best position or, you know, best play calls to utilize him. So I say, I say down for him right now, hesitantly. And then I think I'd have to go Cade Mays on the offensive line at, at the right guard position. He's just kind of bounced around a little bit. I know we saw him and Throckmorton on the preview I just did. I wanted I said I'd love to see Nash Jensen, who's a rookie. I'd love for him to get an opportunity. And I know we're talking what like two games now, hopefully. Sure. Yeah. If Austin's back. But yeah, I think that's kind of the the two for me for right now. Yeah. And for those who may not know, that's Nash Jensen, undrafted rookie, uh free agent from North Dakota State, um, offensive guard, um, one of the uh undrafted rookies that did make the team for the Panthers out of training camp. Uh, in case you're unfamiliar with that name. Um, my two would be Derek Brown. I, I, you can't seem like uh, he just keeps getting better. And then Monster. Um, and then our best free agent acquisition, in my opinion, um, or one of the best, it was Von Bell. I, I mean, he had yes. a car, and uh, he's someone that I believe is going to only get better. And he it, it had to feel good for him picking off his former team, the Saints, the team that drafted yes. him. I know that felt good for him. Um, I'm going to agree with you on Cade Mays. Uh, I think – I think he's someone who can be a solid depth piece for us over time. I just think he needs to continue to grow into his role. And then the other guy that I would say, um, you know, I I won't steal your second one, Miles Sanders. uh, You could argue that. The other one I'm going to say, again, uh, um, don't hate me for saying this. uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. Where is he? Where has he been? That's a good one. I, I I'm a Florida fan. For those who may not know on the podcast, I am a University of Florida fan, diehard guy. Um, Gators over Tennessee this week, just saying. Uh, great, yeah. great game last week. Um, Terrence Marshall Jr. was – I don't know if people would know this. He was the guy that Joe Burrow threw to at LSU before Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson came on that meteoric rise, it seemed like, in that national championship season – and Terrence Marshall got hurt. And then once he got hurt, that forced Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase to step up their game even more. And that kind of led to their uh, meet-in-the-middle rise uh, of where you're seeing them now in the in the, in the National Football League with the uh, Vikings and Bengals, respectively. So I think Terrence Marshall can 
fit in this offense. But right now, whether it's the play calling, whether it's him just taking that next step with the playbook and knowing the plays, we just haven't seen it yet. But I, I still have hope in Darren Marshall Jr. And I think he can be a weapon for the Panthers. We saw it very briefly last year after uh, Rule was fired and Wilkes was able to get him out a little bit. Um, but that's my uh, two cents on Marshall. That's a good – yeah, that's really good. I agree because – I talked about him all off season and I'm like, he's going to make that step. He's got to make that step because we don't really have anybody else. And we haven't seen it. Like, I don't know where he is. And even, I don't, I think it was the first game where there was a route that he just stops running. And like, if he had kept running, the ball was there. I agree though. Like the reason I was so high on him. And I think you just said it was like when Matt rule was gone, I don't know what happened. But he had a great end of the season. I mean, his production was pretty decent, four hundred ish yards. I, th- I think, if I remember, I don't have it in front of me. But he he did enough, and it was like, oh, we're going to build off of that. And one that's not even—I know we're kind of segued or, or thinking about someone else, but Tommy Trimble. I think he could go up there, or like I, yep. I had high hopes for him. Man, it's funny you. You go in as a fan or, you know, watching and you're like, oh, these are the dudes that are going to hit this year. And then you're like, okay, where are you? <laughs> um, before we get to the predictions, um, let's just talk uh, about kind of big picture um, expectations. Um, what fans can expect as Bryson and grows into his role here. I know he's looked like he's not going to be playing this week at least, but um, talking to uh, Jonathan Jones, CBS sports, former beat writer of the Charlotte observer uh, back in the day. Uh, it sounds like it's not going to be a long-term thing for Bryce. This might be a precautionary thing that the team's doing. So let's hope he only misses this game um, and then comes back from Minnesota on October 1st. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. But um, it's been well-documented, and I know I keep using that phrase tonight because it's mm-hmm. uh, something I, I can't think of any other phrase, that uh, some people thought this was a rebuild. Some people thought this was a retool. Some people – Thought we had a chance for the division. It's up for grabs. Um, where do you see um, this football team? Um, is it rebuild? Is it retool? Is it contending for the South if we can turn around a little bit? Um, or even a wild card behind a, the winner of the, the division? Where uh, do you see this team this season and, and, and really over the next few years? Yeah, that's a great question. I came into the season very high predicting that we would win the division <laughs> 10 and seven was my prediction. And I thought that the division would be terrible. Mine here was we nine are. and eight. So not far behind. Yeah, Here we are week two, everyone in the division undefeated. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Even the Buccaneers are winning games, but. Well, we'll, we'll see about them. We'll see. That's right. I was going to say, but it is early. It is very early. I mean, I would say I am ratcheting down, you know, until we get a win. I thought we were so like just overall season projection. I was like, we would likely split the first two games and then we lose both of those. Right. Now we got a, you know, tough matchup on the road, but sometimes like when the pressure isn't there, things just happen. And kind of like last year when we went, like you said, and won in Seattle, like if the pressure isn't off of us, I mean, there are winnable games. You look at some of them on paper to the Vikings, competitive team, Detroit Lions, Miami Dolphins looking really good. You really, then you get into a stretch with coming in what I thought would be three pretty 
easier games with like Texans, Colts, Bears, and maybe the Bears and Texans, we got the Colts winning some games. So it's it's hard to say. I would say don't, you know, for the fan base, it's easy to feel defeated or to get down and think we're not going to make the playoffs. But think about the past when we started 3-0, and I guess a few years ago, and, you know, and things fell apart. This will this will level out. You know, when you have a defense like we have, if we can just figure out how to score 20 points, 25 points per game, and I, that kind of is a lot right now, but if you can get it, get it back on the track, maybe we're competing for a spot in the playoffs at a wild card spot. Yep. When you look at, you know, the Falcons and the Saints, who we could have, I feel like we were in those games. So it's like we're not that far. The issue is you got to win because you keep losing and you're just going to put yourself out of it. But I do think right now it's got to be a week by week. And if we That's start what thinking about, yeah. yeah. Cause if you start thinking like, Oh my gosh, we got to play the dolphins or we have the Cowboys later, you can get lost and deflated. But you, you think about last year when we were what seven and 10 and then, but honestly competing for the, the, um, division against Tampa Bay at the end of the year with like a losing record. And so it's like, you never know what's going to happen. And so I would say buckle up number one for this year and building towards the future. This is a long-term plan. They said it on the broadcast that, you know, this is like a two or three year plan. I do think you don't bring in these pieces, which right now aren't looking as great, but you don't bring in all these pieces on, you know, free agency. You really don't bring in this coaching staff if you don't plan to win now. So I think it's like we are going to get it in the right direction. May take a little bit longer than we thought. So expectations may change a little bit. But over the next two or three years, hopefully we get some playoff football back here and more in the Carolinas. Yeah. Well, um, before, so I'll get your prediction for the Seahawks game, obviously. But um, let's just go ahead and get a few other. kind of quick predictions um will brian burns um sign his contract uh before the end of the season i I, that's something i've asked every person on this podcast um it has been mentioned that they're stopped negotiations for now but he did say that they would pick those back up when feeling appropriate um so do you feel like this contract will get done uh at the end of the season or uh during the season uh and if not do we slap the franchise tag on him where do you see this going yeah, that's a good question. I initially thought, you know, 100% we would get it during the season. But to your point, with that news that came out, it kind of adjusted my approach. I would love for it to be done during the season just so it's we don't have to worry about it. Not that he, you know, he's been very professional, you know, coming to camp, practicing through all this. And so, like, I don't see it becoming a drama thing, but just not having to worry about that going in. I do think. I'm going to say it'll happen after the season. That's my kind of thought right now. Sure. Yeah. Um, as far as this coaching staff, we kind of already hit on this, but um, I almost think like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. I think sometimes, um, and I think they're going to, they're salt. The, Frank Craig said the collaboration, uh, you know, you've heard uh, people want Thomas Brown to call plays. Some people said, give Frank Reich, you know, it's two games, give him, give him some time. And so I, I think if we give this team some time, let's let let's revisit this after the bye in week seven. Where are we at uh, after that time? And then maybe 
you know, two games does not make a season. As much as we want to say the division 0-2 and 0-2 overall, two games does not make a season. Um, We're playing the long game here. Uh, I know that's not what some fans want to hear, but uh, it it is the reality. Um, So let's get into uh, the Seattle game predictions now. Um, Cross-country flight, our longest flight of the year, uh, our longest road game by far of the year. Um, it's looking like the red rifle Andy Dalton will be starting. Um, we did pull off the upset last year. I think I'll give you a key to the game and I'll give you my prediction. My number one key is Tyler Lockett versus CJ Henderson or Dante Jackson. It seems like Tyler Lockett going back to Russell Wilson days have always had a good game against the Panthers for whatever reason. It's been Tyler Lockett. So I think the speedy receivers um, like Medcalf, like Lockett against our secondary is going to be the key. Can we affect Geno Smith's throws so our secondary has time to cover and not give up big plays in the secondary? So that's my key to this game um, for this game. And I'm going to say that Andy Dalton uh, gives some points uh, to the Panthers and ultimately we get it done. I'm going to say that the Panthers get their first victory of the season and my final score is a little bit lower than fans might expect, like, as we've seen so far. Um, but I'm going to say 21 to 20. Nice. Love it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm in the same boat with you. I think shutting them down to your point, because they do have a pretty loaded wide receiver room. What's funny, <laughs> if you go out to our injury report, I was looking today at the Seattle's. They've got like 13 or 14 guys on there. Which including like, Tariq Wool in their Pro Bowl corner. Yes. And I was he's already like, said that he's probably not playing. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So, yes, I do. I am predicting a Panthers win. And just for context, I did predict the Panthers were losing last week. So I don't want people to think that I every show I'm saying, yeah, we're going to win. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. I do feel confident. Like, to your point, it's just something about that underdog mentality. We did it last year. I know it's kind of a brand new situation. But I do think that. For me, 24-20, and we pull it out, I do think it is going to be a closer game. But if we can keep them under 20 points, it does feel like this is the game where we finally break open and score, and we score a little bit from where we've been. Yeah. Someone we did not talk about, um, we only have a few minutes left, so I'll I'll let you go. But um, someone we did not talk about really quickly that I feel like Fans are under appreciation is Eddie Pinheiro, Mr. Eddie. Yes. He, uh, he has been nails a uh, Gator kicker. My I had Florida. That's Gator right, kicker. man. Um, but Eddie has been nails. And so we're, we can just only hope Eddie continues to uh, be uh, lights out for the Panthers um, when we need those field goals to be kicked. Um, Eddie done a great job so far for the team. Yeah. Eddie's awesome. We, when we went to training camp, he got to, our son got to get a bunch of autographs, but Eddie was one of them. So nice. And I even tweeted out like, hey, Eddie, thanks for you know signing it. And he liked it, which was cool. But yeah, that is one thing that like special teams, we've been good. So it's like special teams is there. Defense is there. Can we score some points or just a few more points? Things may turn around pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, uh, as I said at the top, my guest today has been two growls, one roar. Uh, Carolina dad uh, has been my guest today on the podcast. And uh, as I said, it's been fun uh, getting to chop it up with you um, and uh, we'll get in touch down the road. And uh, thanks again for coming on Inside the Vault. Yeah, appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks. Have a great one.
And that will wrap up episode number 12 of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Ryan Smith. Once again, you can rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We will see you next time.